Welcome to Normal Conversations, a community that helps you to realize the power of change. It will inspire, connect and motivate you through stories of hope and friendship. We encourage you to see that change can be positive when it starts with you. While this podcast is supportive in nature, please contact your GP if you think you need professional help. Music by Les FM. Hi there. My name is Maria and I'm here with Geraldine and we're the presenters of Normal Conversations. Today is the third podcast in the first series and we're talking about what it means to be human and what it means to let go of the idea of perfection. So let's just start straight away. Okay, so the whole idea of being human. I remember when my little boy, who's now 15, was about six or seven years of age, and I was walking him to school one day. And I remember he said to me, you know, why are all the other kids in this in the class so cool, mom? I, like, I'd love to be cool like them. And I remember having this conversation with him saying, look, Marco, no matter how much you try and be like Jack or Paul, you're only ever going to be second best at being them. The only person you can be the best at being is yourself. Mm -hmm. So why don't you put your best effort into being the best Marco that you can possibly be and let those guys be the best person that they can possibly be. And I remember a couple of weeks later, he came back to me saying, mom, it's really working. I'm being the best Marco I can be. And so I knew it kind of stuck with him when he came back to me a couple of weeks later. That's so, fabulous. you know, telling that story was that everybody on this planet is different and individual. Mm. So it's hard to pin down the human experience because it's so very much subjective. And every individual on this planet is having a different experience. But we do have experiences that everybody experiences through their life. Mm. And that's what this podcast is about. And it's not about being perfect through life because life is messy and it's about doing the best we can with what we have. Absolutely. And you talked there about your son and wanting to be like other people in the class. That idea of comparison and how often we compare ourselves to other people. And I really do believe that if I compare myself to somebody, I'm either elevating myself or I'm putting myself down, neither Mm. of which for me are very good. And when it comes to being human, there's always going to be people that are better than us at certain things and that we're going to be better at than other people in other things. And that is part of life. And when we break it down and we look at what it means to be human, it's really to embrace all the different types of experiences and those experiences that bring us joy, that brings us excitement, that make us angry, that make us sad, that make us frustrated that make us feel calm. And that really, in a lot of senses, it kind of comes down to our personalities and how we compute those experiences. I read a brilliant book last year. It's by Richard Stevens called Understanding the Self. And he looks at different perspectives on the self. The piece that I wrote an assignment on was around the distributed self. And his idea around that is that we are the sum total of all the people that we've come in contact with. So as I am here now in front of you, Maria, the way I am today is because of my interactions with my teachers, going back right to when I was four years of age, right up to my teachers today, my peers, family, my work colleagues. So all of those experiences have created 
the person that I am today. And we often hear about it being imperfectly perfect or perfect in our imperfections. And I certainly am not perfect. I have what I call warts that I don't necessarily like, but I've learned to accept them because in accepting them, actually, it offers me it offers me a choice as to whether I want to change those aspects of me or not. So that is also part of being human as opposed to trying to to hide from them or trying to ignore them when I acknowledge them first and then accept them. That really does give me a chance to make a choice whether I want to hold on to that part of me or if I want to to change that aspect of me, you know, because I do believe that we we all can change if we wish to. But it takes a little bit of work and it takes a lot of honesty to acknowledge. It certainly takes honesty for me to acknowledge the parts of me that I might necessarily like. It's funny as well, though, because when you acknowledge the parts that you don't necessarily like, from my experience anyway, when you acknowledge them, they don't, they're not big, bad gremlins anymore. You shine a light on them and you just go, hey, that's me. And they seem to just disintegrate when you are okay with them, when you accept them and say, that's me and I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. So I think it helps you as well when you look at those parts of yourself, it helps you to integrate them into yourself, into your personality and Mm -hmm. become a, a kind of a fuller personality and even laugh about your imperfections. Do you know what I mean? Because at least there's one thing that we know is that we're all imperfect. There's not one perfect human being on this planet. So Mm -hmm. why can't we just laugh and accept the imperfections and just enjoy and let them go and Mm -hmm. do the best we can? I remember listening to a podcast. Brené Brown was interviewing the author of Eat, Pray, Love, Elizabeth Gilbert. And she described perfection in a way that I've never heard it described before, but it really, really resonated with me, maybe because I like stilettos, which she called perfection she described it as fear in stilettos and I just thought it was just such a perfect description and when I have tried to be perfect or when I have tried to get everything perfectly right I've often failed dismally and failed even almost before I've even started because the reality is if if I'm going to do something for the first time chances are that I won't get it 100% right But if I won't do something because I won't get it 100% right, I'm denying myself that opportunity to learn. And I remember the day that I realized that there was no such thing as perfection and that I could never do everything perfectly all of the time was the day, incidentally, that I realized that change was always going to be happening either around me or within me. And it was almost like I gave myself permission, permission to have a go, permission to try. And when I think about the fact that I didn't return to college until last year, I know a lot of the reasons why is because I didn't think I would be good enough because I didn't feel that I would be able to write academically. And so the need to be perfect and to get 100 percent all the time. Well, if I wasn't going to get 100 percent, well, then I wasn't going to go there. Yeah, that's really profound, Geraldine. Thanks for sharing that story, because in acknowledging your imperfections I mean a lot of people can't go there you know it's hard to kind of go I'm imperfect so that was a lovely story and I think you know we're all imperfect and we all have difficulties acknowledging that but humor is something that when I realize that I'm taking myself too seriously I try and use humor to laugh about my imperfections 
And for me, it works because then it takes the kind of heaviness out of the situation. And uh, I love that description that you said about Elizabeth Gilbert, perfection being fear in stilettos. That's really Mm. good because essentially, like you say, it is fear. We're afraid of being judged for not being perfect. And it's really ironic because I think everybody on this planet knows that everybody's imperfect. Mm. So judging people because they're not perfect is, you know, essentially it's unfair, but we all do it. We all Mm -hmm. judge each other. And so we all try and be perfect so we don't get judged. Really and truly, if you can use humor and if you can just try and keep saying to yourself, it's my life. And so what they think about me is not my business. My business is my life that helps you get the courage to take action and to move forward. And to take that action is to take that first step. So if if I can understand that I'm doing something for the first time. So fear, first of all, is a part of that experience. Of course, it's like the first time I drove a car. I was afraid. And so, so fear actually is an indication that I'm doing something new, that I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And in taking that first step, that's going to build on my confidence to take the next step. So I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to get it all in, in the first go, but I can take a step. I can, exactly. I can practice. Even when we first started doing these podcasts, Maria, and recording, and we really had to have a lot of conversations about the fact that this is our first series. Mm. Do the best that we can do. Is it going to be perfect? I don't know. What is a perfect podcast? And I've, We don't know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I've listened to lots of podcasts and I might have gotten one, one nugget or one piece of information that has really inspired or motivated me. And did I think about the podcast in terms of being perfect? No, I didn't. I think as well, that's a good example, Geraldine, of waiting until it's perfect. You can't, you can't wait. And this podcast is a good example of that because we'll listen back to this podcast and we'll find something wrong with it. You know what Mm. I mean? But we just have to be brave enough to take that step and to put it out there. And see how it goes because if we don't and like you say if we wait until it's perfect we'll never do it because it Mm -hmm. will never be perfect so life is not perfect and so in order for you to have a good life I think it's just about taking action it's just about getting out there I love this quote Brené Brown was the one that brought it to my attention and it's by Theodore Roosevelt and he it's about essentially it's about taking action but it's about people that stand on the sidelines and look at the people that are actually doing something and judge them and say, oh, you know, I would have done it better or whatever, Mm. but they're not doing it. So let me just read it out. It's quite a long quote, but I think it's a nice quote. So Mm. bear with me. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least 
fails daring greatly, so mm. that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And so that's where her the name of her book comes from, Daring Greatly. Daring Greatly, yes. Yeah. And she said she read that quote when she was mm. at a very low ebb in her life because she was getting a lot of negative feedback on social media about her books and so on. So it is about taking action. And it's not about being perfect because you'll never take action if you want it to be perfect. So you just have to jump in like we're doing with this podcast. Mm -hmm. And in jumping in whatever we do or what any of our listeners do, sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we go off the wrong little by road and we'll know we're on the wrong track and we've to come back on to the right track again, but we won't know until we go there. And I know I've been in situations where I've stayed down that by road for way longer than I needed to. However, it's brought me to where I am today. And I remember the last time that you came to me, we stood up really late talking and I've just thought of this now, actually. And I was saying about how I would have regretted not doing things earlier on in my life, but I feel very grateful that I am doing what I'm doing and I wouldn't be doing that had I not had every experience, all of the human experiences that I've had. I would not be doing what I'm doing now only for them. They've allowed me to grow. I've grown through pain, but I've also grown through joy as well. And often I think we can think about growth and personal development that we have to experience what might be perceived as negative things in our lives in order to grow. But actually I've grown through joy and calm and balance and peace and friendship, friendship, connection, all of those. Absolutely. I've grown through listening to how others have gotten to where they are, how other people have overcome obstacles that have allowed me to be able to really embody those learnings to get me, like I said, to where I am today so that I can safely say in this moment in time, I am the best version of me that I can really ever remember. I accept myself on a level that I've never accepted myself before. I love myself most of the time, or at the very least, I like myself and I'm willing to take a chance on me, even if I don't know how to. And I'll find the help and support that I need along the way as well for for when I do get stuck. And and that has been a revelation to me. And it's been quite humbling. And all the amazing people that I know have also asked for help, have also asked for support. And that has allowed them to inspire me and motivate me to be able to do the same. Yeah. And like you say, I think every experience that you have in life, nothing is ever lost. Everything contributes towards your life and towards your future and towards becoming a better version of you over and over again as you move through the world. And the good, the bad, the ugly, all those experiences, mm-hmm. all put together, they are who you are as a result. And they're um, necessary. And they're necessary. You mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert there about perfection being fear in stilettos. She gave a wonderful talk one time as well. It was called uh, Curiosity Driven Life. She was on Soul Conversations with Oprah Winfrey. I've listened to a lot of her talks and I've read some of her books. And she says from the age of five, she was like driven to be a writer. And all her entire life, she had this passion, this drive. She would stay up late at night. She would work 12 hours a day and then still had the energy 
opportunity to go and write and write and write. She just wrote her entire life until eventually she became a very famous author. As a result of her being a famous author, she started giving talks. And she said there was one talk she was in. I can't remember where she said she was, somewhere in America. Anyway, no, Australia, actually. She was giving a talk in Australia. And she went back to her hotel room after the talk. And again, it was a talk about, you know, follow your passion, follow your dream. There's something deep inside you that you have to find and find that drive and, and follow, you know, you have a purpose. Everybody on this planet has a purpose. And she went back to her hotel room and she was reading through the Facebook comments, what people were saying about her talk. And she got an email from this woman. And this woman said to her, I just attended your talk and I came away from your talk as I've come away from all your talks feeling like a failure and feeling disappointed in myself and Elizabeth Gilbert said that that stopped her in her tracks that Mm. that email because she was expecting somebody to go it was wonderful it was an amazing experience or whatever and she was like the last thing that she wanted ever was for somebody to come away from her talk and feel like she's a failure and feel like feel disappointed in herself so she explained why this lady explained to Elizabeth Gilbert why she felt like a failure and it was because she wasn't passionate about anything when she was five or even when she was 20 or even when she was 30 Mm. she had no massive great desire she wasn't driven to stay up late at night and fulfill her passion and so she was like so you know is that it does that mean my life is wasted that my life is no good because I've missed my passion air quotes missed my passion and it made Elizabeth Gilbert stop and think all these years have I been saying to people the wrong thing Thing. Have I been making people feel guilty and feel bad about themselves? And she finally came to the conclusion that some people have passion and some people mm. are driven, but there's other people that aren't, that don't have that drive or don't have that passion but they have curiosity. And that's what I loved about Mm. that talk, because I think curiosity in life is an essential element of life. So she was kind of saying that, you know, these people don't have a massive drive or a massive passion to to accomplish something, but they're curious about lots of different things. And they go from one subject to the other subject to another subject. So they're accumulating all this kind of wealth of of information. And she calls them the cross pollinators of life. Mm. So they'll go and they'll read loads of different things. And then they'll transfer that information to their friends and to their family who will then go out into the world and transfer that information to other people. And so they cross pollinate ideas. Mm. And I come from a research background and that is core to coming up with good ideas is when you look at something from different perspectives. So cross-pollination in that respect, in terms of mixing ideas and mixing information and mixing disciplines and so on, makes things much richer. And so that's what I loved about that talk is that Mm. you don't actually have to have a massive passion in your life you can actually be very, very curious and look at many different things. And that's what I think I am. I follow my curiosity. I think you're the same, Geraldine. I follow my curiosity and it leads to many, many different bits about many different subjects. And in my opinion, that's the experience of life. You can have a very strong passion, but you can also be very curious. And that's what I think is great about life, curiosity and learning. And that just shows the diversity of people as well, that no two people are the same. No, that while some are passionate, some will be curious and even two people passionate about the same subject, that passion will even be different. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and to accept that sense of ourselves, that we are different, we have different human characteristics. They're influenced by aspects of ourselves and aspects outside of ourselves. And when we accept those different parts of us and what it makes for us to be human, that 
we can then really have a much stronger awareness of who we are and that we can make choices easier as we cultivate that sense of acceptance in ourselves, which ultimately will lead us to creating the life that we want to live. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so listeners, if I was to invite you to reflect on what do you think about yourself when you think about yourself, what would you say? And remember, there's no right or wrong in this answer. I know definitely for myself, if I was to think about what I think about when I think about myself, straight away, the first thing that comes to mind is that I'm a work in progress. I genuinely, absolutely and categorically know that my life can change from day to day, from moment to moment. I am a work in progress. And the more that I allow myself to live life the best that I can be. You talked about curiosity there, Maria. It really has fostered that sense of of curiosity in me so that as I work through that progress, and sometimes I get things really quickly and sometimes it takes me a while to get things, that I'm choosing in a lot of senses to enjoy the ride of life. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, I was just thinking there when you were talking, Geraldine, and my answer would be very similar to yours in that I see myself on a journey I see yeah. this world, this life as a journey and I've definitely come a bit of a way along mm-hmm. the path, but I think that the path is, is long. I'm happy with my progress though, to be honest. Mm. I think there were times in my life when I wasn't happy. I was very, very judgmental, very perfectionist, but I, I kind of gave all that up because it was too much hard work, mm. to be honest. And so when you can give that up and let that go and just go, look, I'm doing the best I can and why don't we just have a bit of fun along the way as well? You know, it has to be a bit of fun. Come on, please. Can't be all work. Absolutely, yeah. So when you get to that point in your life, I think, and I feel like I'm there, of course, I have loads more to learn. I have loads Mm. more to improve upon, but I'm actually starting to enjoy the journey, which is great. You know? Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And so we leave you with that. We hope you enjoyed this third podcast in our series of six and we look forward to welcoming you back for the next one until then take care take care guys and thanks for listening thank you for listening to normal conversations today if you enjoyed our podcast please subscribe and leave a review over on itunes spotify or any other platform that you are listening on if you really like us please recommend us to anyone you think would benefit from listening. Follow us on Facebook at Normal Conversations or on Instagram at normal.conversations.